Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. My good friend Mark Phillips sent me notes to Steve, check out this story. Uh, it's happening in a lot of places because of how big this company was. But from The Guardian, I woke up and it was no longer a company. Smile Direct Club's closure leaves customers in the lurch. So you've seen ads on TV for Smile Direct Club. And it's this uh, low-cost teeth straightening system, I guess, that you can do that costs a lot less than the old school going to, like, I don't know, an orthodontist and having them fit all kinds of stuff in there. And it's, it's a combination of uh, large-scale operation and new technology. And so it turns out that a lot of people love this, and especially at its cost. Well, they've declared bankruptcy now. And uh, that indicates that perhaps they weren't charging enough, but they don't think they can fix it, I guess. So a woman named Audrey was running late for her Smile Direct Club appointment on Monday. So she called from the car to let a receptionist know that she might be five minutes late. An automated voicemail came on saying the company had shut down. So she thought she'd got the wrong number. So she went to the office, and when she got there, the doors were locked, the lights were off, and items were scattered everywhere inside as if they'd left in a hurry. Things got worse when she uh, tried to log on to her patient portal. And she's from Florida, by the way. She's 22 years old. I was supposed to have records of everything there. My retainers, 3D scans of my teeth, progress reports. There's nothing. Now I don't even have any proof that I've ever had my smile straightened. No other doctor is willing to help me without that. So the only way I can get help is if I start all over again, and it's going to cost thousands of dollars. So Smile Direct Club left me with no options, and I'm freaking out a bit. So she's one of more than 2 million customers who have turned to Smile Direct Club in the past decade seeking teeth aligners that were advertised as faster and cheaper than braces. Like countless others, she's been left in the lurch after the company ceased operating, and they filed for bankruptcy back in September, but they ceased operation last week. Uh, In a statement posted to its website, They apologized, saying they had made the incredibly difficult decision to wind down global operations effective immediately. Customer service is no longer available, including its supposed lifetime smile guarantee, which promised unlimited customer service support even after someone finished their aligner treatment. And I've talked about this before, and it was a common topic that I used to talk about on my talk show when I had a radio talk show years ago. And that is that people would buy a lifetime of something. Lifetime guarantees, lifetime warranties, lifetime supplies, lifetime classes. That's only as good as the company. And there are countless examples we can think of of companies that offered those things that went out of business. And so when you're looking at it going, well, that's a great deal, a lifetime, whatever it is. It's only a good deal if that company survives long enough to honor that warranty or guarantee or whatever it is for you. That promise, the lifetime thing, was one of the main reasons this woman says she picked the company in the first place. I was supposed to have 24-7 care, and that was taken away. Now, in its statement, Smile Direct Club wrote that customers on payment plans were expected to continue to make monthly payments until payments have been made in full per the terms of our Smile Pay program. (laughs) Now, I'm only laughing because they're insane to suggest that you should make payments to them when they stop providing services, okay? Now, I'm not offering legal advice. I am an attorney, but I'm only an attorney in Michigan. I'm not an attorney in the other 49 states. Uh, Assuming that's how many you've got. I haven't counted lately. Uh, But um, tell you what, if, if this was me, 
I'd stop making the payments and wait until they came after me. And then I'd defend it by saying, gee, you stopped providing the promised services. I don't owe you anything. And see what happens. But that, again, is just me. So the aligners were sold online or in-store for $1,850, making Smile Direct Club an appealing choice for lower-income or uninsured customers who otherwise may have to spend $3,000 to $10,000 at the going prices for other competing products. I think it's inconsiderate and messed up that they're leaving people in the dark, she said. People don't just have money to throw around, and teeth are important. Meanwhile, a 29-year-old woman from Oklahoma paid $2,000 in full for her aligners in October. Two days, two days later, she learned the company filed for bankruptcy. I thought, well, okay, that doesn't mean the company is shutting down. This has just been a weird year for companies. Oh, it's about to get weirder. She says that she never received any communication from Smile Direct Club about the closure. I found out because a bunch of my TikTok followers started tagging me in videos, asking me what I was going to do. Then I looked it up and found out. That kind of blows my mind. Now, some customers have said they only bought into the club due to intense recent marketing campaigns. A 37-year-old woman from Texas said she'd recently made a purchase after receiving a really enticing promo for the aligners at the sale price of $995. Now, the letter was from the CEO himself, saying it was a discount just for me, which I knew was BS, she said. Regardless, the deal is too good to be true. So I pulled the trigger on November 3rd. I did the impressions process, sent them out, was waiting, and I woke up to see it's no longer a company. So she had paid in full using HSA funds, and she's now trying to dispute the charge. I did not imagine that a big company like this would screw everyone over overnight, she said. It infuriates me to know they were aggressively pursuing customers so close to when they're going to pull the plug. I feel scammed and conned. Before closing, Smile Direct Club faced numerous criticisms from orthodontists, the actual professionals, with the Academy of Orthodontists filing complaints with 36 state dental boards alleging specific regulatory and statutory violations. The AAO has long held the position that it is in the best interest of the public to have orthodontic treatment conducted under the direct, ongoing supervision of a licensed orthodontist. That's their position. Orthodontic treatment is a professional service and a complex medical process, not simply a product or device. In 2019, the AAO said that if aligners were not properly monitored by dentists, issues such as tooth and gum loss and changed bites could occur, sometimes not immediately, but over time, which might make it hard for you to spot it. In 2020, a New York Times investigation found that the brand worked to limit information about customer satisfaction, requiring some customers to sign NDAs before getting their money back when they got refunds, prohibiting them from speaking about their experience, and requiring they delete negative posts about SmileDirect on social media. The company also sued various state dental boards for imposing regulations that would have made their business harder to operate. Despite the challenges, the company grew to an estimated $8.9 billion valuation, according to the newspaper, and courted celebrity endorsements from all kinds of people, uh, some of whom I don't recognize and I suspect are like reality stars. For some customers, it felt like the only way to harness what a Smile Direct Club press release called the transformational power of a smile. But now users have less to smile about. I don't have the option to finance Invisalign, the first woman said. This was a device that worked for lower-income families or people who can't afford to pay five to eight grand for orthodontics. 
This hurts millions of people. And so this is one of those things that I think is just unfortunate in how our business law is in America. A company can operate and be taking in money and making promises. And then one day, just pull the trigger and file for bankruptcy. And the second they do that, they're protected, and they, and they basically get to go into a particular arena and fight it out with anybody who wants to fight it out with them in bankruptcy court. And so we hear stories about companies that are bringing in money the day before or the week of or maybe even the day of their filing. And it's like if you know you're about to file for bankruptcy and you take someone's money, should you really be allowed to keep it and go, well, hey, we took that in before we went bankrupt? And I've mentioned before that one of the craziest stories that I was personally involved in, uh, you'll recall a few years ago, both General Motors and Chrysler declared bankruptcy. And they both went bankrupt, and they both fought it out and eventually came out at the other end, uh, smaller, leaner companies, and they're still around, although Chrysler is now called Stellantis for some weird reason. And, of course, General Motors is still General Motors. And um, I had clients who had defective cars being bought back by Chrysler and being bought back by GM. And it just so happened. And by the way, I'm going to tell you a story. I've never, I don't think I've ever mentioned this in a video before. But I, 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 I had clients in the week that Chrysler filed. I had clients who were scheduled to go to the dealership to drop their car off and pick up their check. So drop off your car and get a check for a full refund of what you put into that car. And someone at Chrysler, I will not say who, but someone at Chrysler tipped me off and said, Steve, heads up. Chrysler's about to declare bankruptcy. I go, you're kidding me. He goes, no. And when I say he, it could be a she. How about that? And uh, he goes, no, we're about to declare bankruptcy. I go, so what about all the buybacks I've got this week? He goes, I would not let my client go in right now and drop off a car because they're going to be picking up a bad check. And I go, well, that can't remain the case though, right? He goes, don't know. But even so, if you're right that they, you'll eventually get their money, he goes, we don't know how long it's going to take. So if your clients can drive their cars, at least they'll have a car to drive rather than a bad check they can't cash. I said, okay. So I called up all my clients who were in that position, and I said, uh, bad news. Uh, Chrysler is about to file for bankruptcy. And I had one of my clients go, no, Chrysler can't go bankrupt. <laughs> I go, trust me. The person who told it to me knows. And uh, Chrysler filed for bankruptcy, I believe, a day or two later. And sure enough, those checks were no good. And one of my clients actually called me. She said, Steve, she goes, I was so curious about this, this whole thing about Chrysler going bankrupt. She goes, I called the dealer because the dealership had a contact there that she knew pretty well. She goes, I asked the guy. I said, did you guys get a check for me? And the guy goes, yeah, it's sitting right here. Do you want to come in and get it? And she goes, no, I don't think it's any good because Chrysler's bankruptcy. And the guy goes, well, uh, I don't know about that, you know. And so she actually had the guy fax her, the face of the check. And she actually walked into a bank with it and said, I'm curious. I brought this check in right now. Is it any good? And doing whatever they do with the information there, they said, no, this check is no good. Because all of Chrysler's bank accounts have been frozen as part of the bankruptcy process. And I knew attorneys who apparently weren't as well connected as I was who let their clients go into the dealerships, drop off cars, and pick up checks. And then they had no car, and they had a bad check. And there were articles in the papers about it. I mean, I remember seeing an article in the Detroit Free Press 
Uh, and they called me for a comment, and I said, well, none of my clients dropped their cars off. <laughs> I didn't say why, because <laughs> I didn't want to get anybody in trouble. But they found other attorneys who had. And I remember reading a quote from an attorney who's in another state, and he goes, I've got a drawer full of bad checks right now from Chrysler. I don't know about GM. I'm not sure quite sure what's going on with GM. But here's the thing. In bankruptcy court, a bunch of the attorneys do lemon law went into the court and said, you've got to allow Chrysler to continue doing buybacks. And they said, well, why is that not preferential? They said, because we're giving them a car, they're giving us money. So there's an exchange there, and it's a wash. So Chrysler gets the car for the money. And it's not like they're simply depleting cash reserves that should be going elsewhere. They're, in essence, giving the money to somebody who's giving them a car of value, and therefore, it's not the same as them paying debts or something. And a judge allowed that. So a couple weeks later, my clients could go in and get their cars uh, dropped off, get the checks for their cars, and go on with their lives. Uh, one final footnote here, and I'll tell you this. A couple years later, I was in court talking to an attorney, opposing attorney on a case, and we'd known each other for years. And uh, I, said, I said, you guys do a lot of Chrysler work, don't you? And he goes, yeah. I go, um how did that bankruptcy affect you? And the look of sadness that crossed his face, he goes, oh, I, 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 I can't even begin to tell you. And I go, why is that? And he goes, well, he goes, my department, because he was a lead attorney, a bunch of attorneys who worked with him. He goes, my department, our biggest client is Chrysler. It's our biggest client. And he goes, and if you were to go back and dig through all of the debts they listed that they wanted to discharge in bankruptcy. One of them was the bill to my law firm. It was large. He told me what the number was. <laughs> I won't say it, but it was large. And he goes, and unfortunately, uh, at the law firm, we get paid a salary and we get paid a bonus at the end of the year. And the bonus is based on how much money is collected on the work we do. And he goes, and some of us had done nothing but work on Chrysler cases all year long. So it was a very, very dismal holiday season for them as a result of that. But usually, usually it's good, just not that year. So it's a crazy story. So Smile Direct Club appears to be kaput, as they say. Uh, and that's not good, and I feel sorry for people who gave them their money. But watch for notices. There might be something in the remains of all this, but I highly doubt it. Mark Phillip, thanks for sending that from The Guardian. I woke up and it was no longer a company. Smile Direct Club's closure leaves customers in the lurch. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Gratitude is good for us. It emphasizes positive emotions and diminishes the negative.